Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. All right, welcome into the Blitz, everybody, here on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am Tanner Saunders, and I'm struggling to keep a straight face here because leave it to old Evan Harrington to always lighten the mood. It's uh, It can be nerve-wracking, you know, when you're producing the show more or less on your own. I mean, I got... Uh, Evan Depot over here, uh, helicopter producing, but st- I'm a, I'm in the saddle today. I'm in the driver's seat, but Harrington can always count on him to lighten the mood. I am Tanner Saunders, and as I mentioned, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the Evan Square duo, Evan Pasquale and Evan Harrington. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you? Excited now, the regular season and all of those games that all of those players, those star players decide to miss, they're now going to be playing every game now because the playoffs are now on our way. Oh, you're talking for the NBA, right? Oh, yeah. We're getting NBA playoffs and um, NHL. We'll get into the NHL playoffs. They need to change the format, honestly, with the NBA playoffs. Not the NBA playoffs, but the NBA regular season. And at the playoffs if you want to. I'm not a huge fan of the playing game, but... That's neither here nor there. How are you doing, Harrington? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, like Tanner mentioned, I'm laying the mood. I was just dancing a little bit, getting loose for the show. Obviously, like you mentioned, NBA playoffs are around the corner. NBA playing, especially to start very, very soon. You know, that's big. Um, you know, NBA playoffs are always fun to watch. I think that's probably the, the most exciting part of basketball is the playoffs. I would say the last couple of years we've gotten – some really good playoff action. Obviously, last year with Milwaukee and the Phoenix Suns, that was a very good playoff run in general and a you know, very fun playoffs to watch. So, you know, I'm very excited this year because, you know, the NBA's kind of transcended away from just having Golden State and the Cavaliers, you know, mm-hmm. dominate four or five years in a row. And now it's more, you know, any team with a couple star players can really uh, throw themselves in the mix. Uh, you saw it with Milwaukee last year. And you saw a team like Phoenix, who just the year prior wasn't doing anything. So, you know, a team like Phoenix got their name in there. Um, you know, like another rising team, Philadelphia, just, you know, years ago, Philadelphia wasn't in there. But now Philadelphia is a mainstay in the playoff picture. And just other teams as well. Like Miami's always been solid. Toronto, they won the chip a few years back. Woo! <laughs> there you go. I've been deep squally, the Toronto, Toronto fan. But, you know, just playoffs in general is always a fun time because you don't know. A team can just randomly come out yep. and just, you know, surprise everyone. And I do want to get more into that later. But the first thing I wanted to get into, which might be surprising, but uh, I know Evan Harrington is chomping at the bit to talk about this, and that's uh, Owen Power, the number one overall pick in the 2021 NHL entry draft on Friday, signed a uh, three-year entry-level contract with the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I was with Harrington on uh, Friday afternoon when the news broke. We were working on a class project to get, well, a project for a class that he's in that I had taken last semester, and... 
I think by the time it was all said and done, he spent more time talking about Owen Power than he did actually the project. But either way, you best <laughs> be- either, either way, you best believe we absolutely bodied that thing. But uh, he is certainly excited about that one, and uh, at least we have some positive development to talk about, you know, with the Sabers because the on ice product last week left a, a lot to be desired. You know, you blew uh, multiple two goal leads in the same week, and then they got blanked five nothing yesterday by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So let's just get to some positive Sabers. Talk Owen Power, fellas. The floor is all yours. Yeah, you know when you're talking about when you're talking about Owen Power. Owen Power is a defenseman out of Michigan who we did draft last year with the first overall pick. We also have another another defenseman who we drafted just a few years back as well in Rasmus Dahlin. You know, this is huge. This can be something that's you know completely transformational and beneficial for the Buffalo Sabers. Having not one but two first overall picks on your blue line. Having a guy like Owen Power, who most likely will quarterback your second power play, is absolutely dangerous because we, we've seen what he can do with Michigan's power play as he's quarterbacking that. He's very dynamic with the puck on his stick. He's a very fluent skater. He's strong. He's six six. I mean, come on, six foot six is a defenseman, and you can skate like a guy like Tage Thompson at the defensive position. It's absolutely amazing what this guy can do. Um, he's gonna be a physical presence with high high upside offensively, and he's just something that I don't think the Sabres have had in a while. Uh, a big six, you know, six-foot-six six defenseman that can, you know, can do everything well. We had someone like that in Rasmus Ristolainen, who's a six-foot-five defenseman who had some offensive upside, offensive upside, but he just really couldn't translate his whole game um, in one and really, you know, put it all together consistently. And I think that's Owen Power just 10 times better. I think Owen Power is going to be transcendent for the Buffalo Buffalo Sabres. You know, he's going to be huge. And I don't know exactly who they're going to pair him with tomorrow against Toronto because that's when he is going to play. He's going to be set to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs in his first NHL game going against the leading goal scorer in the NHL in Austin Matthews. But, like, again, I don't know who's going to be, you know, his his, his D partner. I mean, it could be Colin Miller. Mark Pissick would probably be the most common answer, I would say. Um, but I think this is huge. Uh, this would take, I think, a little stress off Rasmus Dahlin to a point. And I think that Owen Power is going to come in, and we're going to see Jacob Bryson healthy scratched, I would say. Yeah, I think Jacob Bryson healthy scratch would make sense because Matias Samuelson has been absolutely amazing for us uh, in the last 10 to 15 games, and I, I think scratching him would just you know knock his confidence level down. And I don't think you want to do that with the way Matias is playing. But, you know, again, like we mentioned, like I just can't stop raving about Owen Power there's just so much to like about Owen Power. He seems like a very likable guy. Seems like a guy who's excited to be here. You saw pictures of, you know, him just, you know, watching the game yesterday, even though we lost 5 nothing, 5 6 nothing. Yeah, it was 5 nothing. He was still in tuned in the play. He's like, okay, I, w- what can I do to get on the ice and prevent something like that happening? Like, you saw, you saw his mental focus there. And, you know, it's very telling. And, you know, we saw a few practice clips uh, earlier today as he was in the practice in the morning skate and yesterday as well. He just, you know, seems so confident out there. He seems like he's already fitting fitting in. I think that goes a lot to tell what Don Granato and Kevin Adams have done here. It's that they've built a welcoming culture. Players that come here, whether via trade free agency or, or like Owen Power, you know, just coming out of college, you just fit right in. You saw it with Alex Tuck. You saw it with Peyton Krebs. Um, you saw it when even guys like Vinny Hanestroza came back in the lineup, come back, you know, 
Just felt like he never left the lineup. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I feel like Owen Power is going to come in here and just play like the player he is. I don't think there's going to be any struggles. Obviously, they're well. You know, he's a young player. He still has to get his mindset to the way the NHL game works. But I don't think you're going to see a miss in Owen Power's game. You're not going to see, you know, messes with his skating or his passing or his shot or, you know, just the way he quarterbacks a power play. Because that that's all natural to him. And in the system that Granada runs welcomes that type of play. Let's players play freely with the puck. Let's them make mistakes and do things that, you know, some other coaches might not let them do. So again, like Owen Power coming in, it's to be very, you know, telling what he's gonna do offensively and defensively. Like we mentioned, he's got a tough task tough task tomorrow. Um he's gonna be after playing against Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Bunting. There's a plethora of players that Toronto has that they're gonna be throwing at Owen Power in his first NHL game. And, you know, this is also another thing that the Sabres can do. Rally around power. That's what I'm sure Granado's preaching in the locker room. Rally around power. Make him feel welcomed. You know, try to, you know, go out there and not only get a win, but just have him feel comfortable on the ice. Just make it feel like just, you know, he was just playing with his Michigan guys just a little bit ago. So I'm excited for power, but what about you, Depot? I'm excited. I, I think that just based off of what, he's been able to do in Michigan is definitely and like that was a super team that he had in Michigan and so they're definitely going to be a, a a good team to this is a good test for him I think I think that Granado comes in here expecting him to I wouldn't say struggle but he wants him against some of the best competition now Tampa Bay, I think, would have been a stretch for him. Yeah, that's good t- competition, but that also he does not have enough time to be able to like practice and stuff like that. So I think that this is really a good idea, and this is a team that you've kind of had your number against for a while. I mean, we've seen it where the Sabres have been able to beat Toronto and beat the Leafs um, on multiple occasions. In the Heritage Classic, they've been able to shut down um, Matthews, Tavares, I mean, to a, to an extent, they've been able to shut them down. But I am really excited to see what he can do. I think that I totally agree with you. I think he's going to become the quarterback for the number two power play. And obviously, Rasmus Dahlin is going to quarterback that number one power play. I I think that it this is a sign of things are going to get better. Another thing I wanted to bring up was that um, prospect Eric Portillo Portillo is staying in Michigan. And um, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Harrington? Yeah, I definitely think that's interesting for sure. You know, teammate of Owen Power, Eric Portillo, staying in Michigan for his junior season. And it's the last year that the Sabres, you know, have his rights. Um, I'm hearing a lot of speculation that the Sabres might just trade off his rights. And I think if they do, I don't think it would be something terrible for the Sabres. I, I feel like Portillo, at least out of the, these three guys I'm going to name, is the worst. But it's, he's, he's, he's a phenomenal prospect. But we just have so much, you know, depth in these positions uh, between Ukapakalukunen and Devin Levi. I feel like that... Portillo, you know, is is the worst out of those three. Not, you know, knocking him down, but he is. So I feel like if for some reason, you know, he doesn't want to play for the Sabres, maybe maybe he sees like, hey, I don't just see myself being a starting goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres. 
he might, might want to stay, develop, and maybe, you know, go somewhere else or get traded. Um, you know, going to that fact, you know, when I'm looking at our goalie prospects now, you know, Devin Levi's also staying one more year in college as well, but he was a freshman this year, so it's not. I'm not too worried about that. Um, and then Devin Levi probably will come up next year and maybe play in Rochester for a little bit. Um, he's he's a guy I'm excited to get in here. Devin Levi is, in my opinion, our best goalie prospect. That dude is phenomenal. Um, he probably should be a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. He won the um, the one award. I believe it's the Jim Richter Award. It's something like that yeah. for, I believe, best college goaltender. Or goal the Richter tender. Award. I don't know if it's Jim Richter. I don't know. But it's something like that, and it's like the, yeah, the best college goaltender in hockey. And he's just phenomenal. If you just watch 20 minutes of that guy, you're like, okay, this this guy's a potential, you know, star in the NHL, and alongside with Lucan, and I think those are the two goalies that the Sabers want to pair up together for the you know for the foreseeable future, and I you know rightfully so. Like I think both of those guys can easily play forty plus games in this league and win twenty to thirty of them, and I think both of those guys together can be huge for this team. But you know, going back to Portillo. I think if he just wants to stay in college, I think you're looking to move on from his rights very soon. And again, I don't think it would kill us, but it's it, you know it's not the best the best to trade away his rights because like again, he's a very talented goalie prospect. You don't you don't want to lose that. But if we lose it, I'm not too concerned because I do like our goalie prospect in Devin Levi and what we have in Rochester right now with Ukapeka Lukanen. Yeah, I. I honestly don't think he's gonna play for the Sabers. I don't. I, I don't think that he will. And I was like even curious about you have multiple prospects, more than one prospect. Both of them are starting caliber goalies. I see. So Devin Levi is gonna play another year. We would think in college. And like you said, he's a freshman. So my worry isn't wasn't too much. Uh, with him compared to Eric Portillo, who is a senior, well, going into his senior season, and if after his senior season he's just done, um, and he wants to sign his entry level deal, there's only, they, I think they'd only be able to keep him for that half of, not even half of the season, uh, or something along those lines. But it just, I think if you're the Sabres, I would honestly trade his rights because you have uh, two really good prospects in Rochester, well, in your in your uh, field. Pool. So, yeah, prospect pool. Thank you. Um, you have, obviously, Devin Levi, who's going back to college, which is fine. He's a freshman. I wouldn't, I don't blame him. I would expect him to be with the, in Rochester probably next year and work over there. And then within the next, three or two years he'll be in Buffalo. I expect Ukapek Lukanen to either be the starter or be a backup, but as soon as the season starts moving on, he'll start to become the full-time goalie. You start to ramp up his games a little bit more compared to the start of the season. Now, they might just do that already at the start, but I think that UPL is, I, I, I will say, like, some of the, the reason why the Sabres won some of those games back in December and January was because UPL was playing really well. 
and he was making some big saves. The problem with him, the only concern I have with UPL is that he has had a history of injuries. So maybe Devin Levi does become your number one full-time goaltender. I don't know. We'll see. So that's what I'm definitely expecting if you're if you if we're looking at goaltender situation, I think the biggest problem with the Sabres is their defense and Yeah, they need to definitely they, upgrade their defense in this round. I wouldn't be surprised if the Sabres drafted two defensemen in the first round mm-hmm. this draft if they keep, you know, their picks. Uh you know, another thing, new D pairings in practice has Who? just been leaked. Um so starting from the top down, you got Matias Samuelson and Rasmus Dahlin as a pairing, so you got offhand Darlene, probably playing right D. Uh, it's definitely interesting. He's played a little right, you know, offhand before. He had his ups and downs with it, but I feel like the way Rasmus Darlene has been playing, he can quickly adapt to anything. And it will be interesting to see. Obviously, Granado, you know, trusts him to be in that spot. And Darlene seems confident enough in Granado for putting him in that spot. So I feel like that will click fine. And then here's the big news. You got... Owen Power and Henry Yoki Haru. Mm. So, you know, kind of similar to what they tried to do with Darlene before. Give him a right-hand defenseman. And him, Darlene and Yoki Haru probably was the most consistent pairing for the Sabres. So I like this. I, I feel like you're going to give Owen Power a consistent, steady defenseman. Yoki Haru's had its, his ups and downs this year, but I feel like you're gonna, giving him a consistent pair. Um, then you got Jacob Bryson and Casey Fitzgerald. I feel like that's a fine pairing. You know, a pairing of undersized defensemen, but both one can move the puck very well in Bryson, and one can be a stay-at-home um, presence in Casey Fitzgerald. And then you have Will Butcher and Mark Pissick. Solid pairing, and then you have Colin Miller rotating. So you have your nine defensemen right there, and most likely the three that will be playing or the two that are guaranteed to be playing is Samuelson, Darlene, and Power and Yoki Haru. And I feel like those are your four, and I feel like those need to be your four. Uh, but then, you know, going off of that, I feel like Bryson and Fitzgerald or Butcher and Pesic are most likely going to be the, you know, the pair that's in there, one of those two. I don't see Colin Miller playing. Uh, just, you know, Miller is a puck-moving, a little undersized defenseman. He's had his mishaps in the last couple games, but at points in times he can bring some nice things offensively. But I'm very excited, man. Um, I'm just very excited to see Owen Power uh, in the NHL, and I'm I'm like so so hyped up about Matias Samuelson as well. Like I got to watch him a little bit at the prospect camp. I'm pretty sure you played there earlier this year. He just looked looked like an NHL defenseman. He looked good. He, like He just looked like he was a step ahead of all our other prospects. And you watch him play now, he's getting more involved offensively. And he's a six foot six defenseman. He's big, strong. He's physically, you know, impactful on the ice. And then you have another guy like Owen Power, who is six foot six, you know, much better offensively than Samuelson. I don't know. He's definitely probably not as physically imposing as Samuelson, power, but I mean, just to have two six foot six left shot defensemen who can join the rush, you know, bring a lot to the offensive side of the puck, and be a stay at home defenseman and play physical in the D zone, that that's amazing. And 
when we get another right shot defenseman that you know can play equally as good as like Power or Samuelson, that's going to be you know terrific. And then you have Rasmus Dahlin, of course, who is an All Star, one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So I know that's that's huge. Um, I I kind of wish we didn't trade Brandon Montour. Thinking back at it, yeah, I I I agree with that. I and. He was just in the wrong system. Like so many of those guys, I don't think he played bad either. Yeah, I, I think just I think they were just all in the wrong system, and they just did not play up to standards. That if they were in a better system, say say for example, we had the team that was the the 50th anniversary team, so the 2019-20 season. If you had all those players who were most of the most of them were really good, especially because you still had Eichel, you still had Reinhardt, Skinner. Skinner was still Olofsson, came off. Olafson was staff. yeah. Put them in the Granado system, and you're going to tell me they're not going to make it into the playoffs or at least into the twenty four, the top twenty four. I really, I really, I really, I mean. I mean, people have their opinion on Eichel, but I really wish we got to see Eichel with Granado. Yes, like, like either from the start of his career, or just you know, just just a, just 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 recently. I think if Eichel had Granado, we would be a much better team, not only in the standings, but just the way you know Jack carried himself and just you know when Jack was down. Yeah, I think he's got Granado right there. I th- yeah, I, still, I think that's one thing that I like most about Granado is that he's able to, I would say, protect his players. So, like, if they're being too hard on themselves, like you know, Iko would be, we would see it all the times with him, like, kind of just getting frustrated at interviews, which uh, understandably so, or breaking a stick, whether that's when he broke it, o- if he breaks it over the post. I've or seen Dylan he- Cousins even do that a lot recently. You know, d- yeah. He's like, done that a lot. Or, like, you'll see Rasmus Dahlin get in a fight at the end of the game. Like, the thing with the Sabres now is that I think they know how, I know, okay, they know how good they can be. They obviously always say in their press conferences, we know how good of a team we can be. We just know we're not there yet. We know we have a lot of, you know, obstacles to get over. And when they lose a game that they know that they should have won, or they know they shouldn't have lost that badly too, they you know they get emotionally emotionally frustrated. And you'll see times where Dylan Cousins will whack his stick over the net, or you'll see you know a guy give Dalian a shove at the end of the game, and Dalian's into it. Dalian's like, hey, let's go, like let's get into it. Um, or just you know other other players as well, just getting mentally frustrated, but in a in a good way. You know, it's not like there's any, you know, emotional damage there where it's going to, you know, hurt the team or or it's, you know, just trying to bring anyone down. It's just like, hey, like, we know how good we can be, and we lost, so that one sucks. And, I, you know, I and I like that Granado lets these players do that, lets the guys do that because, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like their little venting moment on the ice. Like, they just need to get that frustration out rather taking it into the locker room and just, you know, leaving it on the ice. So which I which I think is a, it's it's a good thing, and you know like again like next year, yeah. You know, let's talk about this really quick. Who do you guys think should be the captain next year for the Buffalo Sabers? Because in my opinion, we need to have a captain next year. I don't mm-hmm. think we can roll into the season with like three or four assistant captains. Once again, we've done that enough over the last five or six years. I think 
We just need to have a, a stay-at-home captain and uh, make one official. I think there's really an obvious answer with this, and it, and for me it would have to be Alex Tuck because I feel like he not only embraces the team and uh, has shown to be a leader, but also he is he is a leader in the community and he is a beloved player. Don't get me wrong, like I think if Eiko was in a situation to where they were winning. I think he, no one would have had a problem with him being the captain. I think also, I remember I talked with Brian Colzio before Eichel got his, um, the captaincy. He honestly said that he felt like he didn't deserve it. And because of his eye rolling and just the way that he would talk in the room, um, in interviews and press conferences. And that's because they were losing. I think when you're winning, that that's what really shows a leader is when you're winning. Um, but I think that really Alex Tuck has conducted himself to where I think that he will get the C, if not an A. I I don't think he should get the the A because I think so far he's shown that he could be uh, the leader of this hockey team, and hopefully, hopefully even maybe even Rasmus Dahlin could get the C. I think it should go to Kyle Poso. You think Kyle Poso would is going to be around next year? Why not? He's about to have twenty goals. Like he's not showing really any signs of slowing down. I mean, you know, in the next couple of years he might. But if Kyle Poso is at least around here for the next, I would say two to four years, I why not have him as your captain? He's definitely he's probably he's definitely the most known leader in the locker room. He's, out of everyone on the team, probably the most known leader in the community to a point. Uh, you know, he's definitely a lot older than some of the guys we might have just mentioned in Tucker Darlene. Uh He's been here for the long, one of the longest tenured Sabres. Uh, he just does everything right on and off the ice. He is just one of those players that you might want to make a captain. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't make Tuck the captain, but, like, I would wait on it a little bit. Just because he just got here, and I know he he was a Sabres fan growing up. He embraced Buffalo with open arms when he got traded here. Uh, Everything that we hear about talking to the pressers or just from the players in the locker room is great. It's phenomenal. Like, you want to hear it. That's what you want to hear out of one of your star players. But I feel like just giving it to Oposo, kind of like, you know, because this has been, I wouldn't say it's been Oposo's team, but he has really been, like, the hidden leader on this team for the last five or six years. So I feel like giving it to a post is kind of a reward, and then you pass it off to a guy like Tuck or Darlene or Cousins or like, you know whoever in the next few years. So I, I feel like you give it to, to a Poso, you probably make Tuck an assistant, Darlene assistant, maybe Cousins, I don't know. You just make one of those three the assistant. Give a Poso the C. The only reason I wouldn't make a Poso the C is if maybe if he's only here for one more year and he's out the door, you don't want to have a captain. Or if he's, he's out the door. Or if he's a possible trade deadline guy for the Sabres. That's what I was speculating. I thought we were actually going to trade Kyle Oposo to maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of this season or at the end of the deadline. And I thought we could have gotten like a first round pick for Kyle Oposo. Like I really thought because Tampa, you know, Tampa's one of those teams where they'll give out uh, more than what they want to just to acquire a player at the deadline to add to a team that, you know, can compete. 
but I thought it was going to happen, and it didn't, and I'm glad it didn't happen because I feel like Kyle Poso is, like, the greatest, you know, the, the best player to have in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. He loves the city, loves the organization, loves the team, loves the teammates, coaches, owners, GM, everything about the organization. He's just embraced um, no matter win or loss, and he's just here for the long run. And, again, I mean, I want to look up Kyle Oposa's age really quick because I know he is just into his 30s, but I want to actually pinpoint a real age. So, yeah, he turns 34 soon, so he's a little older than I thought. But, you know, again, there's really nothing telling me that he's just going to fall off the face of the earth next year. So I feel like if you just get him between the ages of 34 to 36, maybe 37 if you're lucky, you're good with that. But, like, I've also seen, like, Kyle Oposo have a, have a different speed to his game that I just haven't seen in the last two years. Because I, I always have a, a running joke. It's like when I'm at the games and Kyle Oposo's going for, like, an icing call, you're going for the puck when it will be icing, like, there's the blazing speed of Kyle Oposo. Like, he'll just never get it. But, like, you've seen times this year where Kyle Oposo looks like Dylan Cousins transition. It's like, dude, did this guy just turn the clock back a little bit? Or, you know, whatever. But, you know, t- uh, Kyle, you know, great player, great leader. And, you know, he's set to um really do some great things in the future for the Buffalo Sabres. All right. So uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Because uh, I'd like to send it to break here in a moment. At Depot, you got anything? Go Sabres. I have one thing. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Andrew. I have one thing. I am the better looking Evan. Uh, <laughs> I meant Sabres related, but I guess anything. If we're having a confessional right now, right before break, I guess let's get it all do out you, right now. Do you want to do? Do we want to get into this right now? Because I could get into this right now. <laughs> There's nothing. I mean, we can't. We're going to break. Um, the Sabres are winning five to two tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Owen Power scoring a hat trick. <laughs> let's go Buffalo. All right, so we got that out of the way. Now let's take a break. We'll be right back after these messages with more of The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Better looking, Evan. I'm still singing it, and it's still surreal. I'm, I, I'm still shocked. I mean, this is a surreal moment. I had. Whoa! <laughs> Go Buffalo, man. I want y'all to know. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I just, I'm just still sinking in. I'm excited to be a part of this. I don't understand. I've been waiting to play that clip for ages. That was Tim Settle during his introductory press conference with the Bills after we signed him as a free agent. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I've been waiting to play that clip forever. Uh, and now we finally got the chance. Even though we haven't even talked anything Bills today, I just had to sneak that in there. But uh, while we're waiting for our guest to come on today's show, sh- uh, we we talked about it briefly at the uh, – at the open, the top of the show, but we can get into the NBA playoffs here. I, mean, I haven't gotten that far of making my entire playoff predictions, but I've gone through at least a play-in tournament, so you know we can get into the rest of the playoffs as we cross that bridge. But shall we make our picks for the play-in tournament? We got the two games on uh, on Tuesday tomorrow. You got Cavaliers, Nets, Clippers, Timberwolves, and then on Wednesday you got Hornets, Hawks, Spurs, Pelicans. So uh, let's I guess make our picks right now. Lock it in. Who do we have for the uh, the play-in tournament? Well. First of all, let's establish that we all know how it works, right? You know how it works? Sort of. Um, I don't know. Have to explain. Yeah. Tanner, you can explain. Yep, I got it. So the 7th, 8th, the 7th and 8th seed and the 9th and 10th seed play each other in each conference. So the 7th and 8th seed, the winner of that game is automatically the 7th seed. So in the Western Conference, whoever wins Timberwolves Clippers and in the Eastern Conference, whoever wins Nets Cavaliers will be the 7th seed. 
And then the ninth and 10th seed will play. The winner of that game will play the loser of the 7-8 game. And then the winner of that game is the 8th seed. So let's say... And obviously the loser of the 9-10 is just out. Right, yep. So let's say the Timberwolves beat the Clippers, so they'll be the 7th seed. And then let's... Wait, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard like are official to play, right? Not Kawhi. Paul Not George Kawhi. is. All right. If if Kawhi was officially playing with Paul George, I would take the Clippers in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. I would take him in a heartbeat. Sure. But I also feel like Paul George when playing when playing, Paul George at moments in time plays like an MVP level candidate. He's had his moments. And the Clippers have gotten to the point that they are in without PG thirteen and Kawhi Leonard. So with that all being said, I love the way the Timberwolves are playing. I want them in the playoffs. I really do. I want to see Cat in the playoffs mm-hmm. and make a run, get passed around. Maybe I just feel like overall, just the you know the energy and the you know the connection and the chemistry that the Clippers have. I'm gonna have to take the Clippers in this in this matchup. All right, let's go back before we get there. Let's start with the nine ten game first. Oh, so Pelican Spurs. Who do we got for Pel Spurs? I said the Spurs over the Pelicans because during the regular season the Spurs went three and one over the Pels in the regular season. That's including twice after the uh, the CJ McCollum deal. They beat them twice. So I got the Spurs. I'm gonna take the Spurs as well. Like again, I just feel like the Pelicans are a little bit of a young team and they don't have the playoff experience that the Spurs do, coached by you know, Coach Pop. Um, I'm just going to have to take the, the Spurs in this one, but I think this can go either way. You know, playoffs, anything can happen. Right. If Valanchunas is your leading scorer, I don't. I don't <laughs> trust it. I mean, Valanchunas was salad, but he is never... Was salad? <laughs> I said solid. <laughs> he's, a, he's a solid guy, but you can't have your leading scorer average 17 a game. Um... I they've lost their last two. They are ten games below five hundred. I'm I'd have to go with the Spurs on this one. I just think that Popovich is. I'm not trying to like say Popovich is like oh like Bill Belichick where oh Belichick will get him ready for you know the play in tournament. But I I me personally I think that if we're gonna do this, it would have to be San Antonio New or- uh San Antonio over New Orleans, right. even though. It's at New Orleans for some reason. Why don't we have music playing with this? Oh, that's on me. That's the producer. Blame the producer. Ah, oh, I fumbled the bag there. What? What? what I'm not. I, I didn't mean to like sound like a jerk when I said no. that, but I was just like, <laughs> oh, we it sure should, should be some music playing right now. I will uh, keep that noted um, because I can't play YouTube and be on my notes on the same time. Unfortunately, I should have done this on like a Word document or something. The the aux cord doesn't like to work with my computer, but I will uh, make a mental note of that and I will adjust that for next time. Now the next game, Harrington already beat us to the punch here. Clippers. Timberwolves. I am also going with the Los Angeles Clippers. Again, they won the season series 3-1 to one against the Timberwolves. And the one time the Timberwolves did beat the Clippers, it was without Paul George. Just to, to show how one-sided this matchup was this year, there was one game where Paul George shot 4 of 20, and the Clippers still won the game by 20 points. So uh, that uh, tells you just about all you need to know. I got the Clips in that one. Uh, I'd, I'd hate to do it. Ooh. But honestly, their offense, the the offense of the Timberwolves has been really good. Now, Patrick Beverly, he's going to be 
if he's going to be able to play, which he did get ejected uh, in the last game of the season, if he can play, he'll his assignment will be Paul George, and I think that he could shut down Paul George. If Carl Anthony Towns can really get off, this is an upset. I I think this is a coin flip, honestly, mm-hmm. if we're looking at it re- realistically. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Minnesota's gonna win this game. All right. Ooh. So then so then your play in game, it would be the um let's see, it would be you picked the Spurs to win the nine ten. So it would be Spurs against Clippers, Clippers. And then who do you think would win in that game? Uh, I I'd had to go with the, the, the Clippers on that one. And the Clippers would be the eighth seed and get swept by Phoenix. <laughs> Right, so then... You think, you think the Clippers would get swept by Phoenix? Yes. You don't think they give them a game or two? Well, may, maybe a game. Maybe a game or two. Like, I, 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 I'm I, saying I, this, I'm I saying just this kinda, respectfully. I just, when Paul George is on his game, he's him and Booker, man, are neck and neck. But like, also, I, don't, I don't care but what anyone also says. you like, have those. DeAndre Ayton in, uh, in, the, in the middle, and you also have, if Chris Paul is healthy, you'll be fine. And um, I, I just think that whoever wins that game... I don't I don't see a heck of a chance against Phoenix honestly. It's yeah. not like it's more so just the fact that they're just that Phoenix has been the best team in the NBA this entire season. I'm trying to figure out uh, who their backup point guard is. Um Oh, Phoenix is it campaign still? Cam yeah, I think Payne? it's campaign. He's uh, yeah. number 15 or something. Yep. That lefty. Former OKC Thunder legend. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook used to be hitting them dance moves pregame. Ugh. Yeah, Cameron Payne averages averages ten, which isn't terrible. Oh, as a backup point guard, as a backup Chris point Paul? guard, that's Woo. that's a pretty that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, and obviously, you know, you got Devin Booker who's going to be incredible, and DeAndre averaging seventeen and ten. A player I love for Phoenix is uh, Cam Johnson. Mm. Like I love his energy, and even the- Jay Crowder and his defensive presence. I think that he can be able to do do a good job against um well yeah the thing with Jake Crowder it's like you know he's going to always give you sustainable defense but then he's just in the right spot at the right time you know I mm-hmm. just hit a clutch 3 just out of the blue it's like every time I watch a Jake Crowder he has like the most silent 15 points in the world <laughs> it's like oh yeah Jake Crowder went 5 for 7 from 3 you know played great defense on you know one of the other opposing bigs or, you know, forwards and just, you know, which is like just kind of like a silent killer. Like it just, it just like didn't feel like he was. Mm-hmm. And he just made his impact on the court, not and, so much on the stat sheet. And you know who they also got? They got Bismack Biombo. Mm, yeah. Raptors legend, Bismack Biombo. And Woo! we didn't even mention Michael Bridges either. I mean, boy, they just got so many, you know, versatile wings that can shoot and defend and all that. The Suns are going to be tough. So me and Harrington, we picked Spurs and Clippers. So that would be a, a Timberwolves-Spurs game to determine the eighth seed. And in that case, I would take uh, I would take Minnesota. They swept the season series against San Antonio. I mean, Cat dropped 60 against them one game. So if it came down to that, I'd take the uh, the team over the Spurs. Yeah, definitely. Like I have the Clippers and the Spurs. Or, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have the Clippers and the Spurs. I would honestly not match up. Uh, th- that's what we're talking about, right? No. Th- uh, it, it's Spurs no. and you pick Clippers over T Wolves, and oh. you pick the Spurs. Spurs over the it would be Spurs and T Wolves. 
Spurs. We all picked we all picked oh, the Spurs, okay. Spurs and, and sorry, I sorry. was the only one who picked Minnesota to beat the Clippers. Spurs and T-Wolves. Um I would take Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's do it all over again for the uh, <laughs> oh, did you want to elaborate on that or I was going to say if not we can move on over to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, let's move to the Eastern Conference. All right. So, for the Eastern Conference, the 9-10 game is my favorite team, the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Charlotte Hornets, and of course I'm taking the Hawks. They split the season series against the Hornets. They went 2-2. Two and two. The Hawks wins. They weren't close when they, when they beat them. They won by 22-10, and 10, and the Hornets wins were by 10-3. and three. So the, even the games the Hawks, where they lost, they were, you know, close. And, you know, the Hornets, they made it this far last year. They made it to the play-in game and got absolutely shellacked. Trey Young is one of the best. He is a st- if, if anyone is still doubting, I'm telling you right now, doubting Trey Young, it's time to stop. He is established himself as one of the best point guards in the league you know there's a a pretty well-known stat at this point that he is the only player ever in basketball history to lead d1 basketball in total points and assists and then do it in the nba so now is the time to stop doubting trey young give me the hawks over the hornets yeah i'm definitely gonna have to agree with you there there's not much to you know disagree on what you mentioned you mentioned the fact that trey young led the league in total points and assists he's a dog he plays his best you know, when, when the lights are on him, whether that's, you know, him against the New York Knicks or whether that's going to be right. him in the play-in looking to clinch a playoff spot, give me Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks in that. Yes, sir. And for the 7-8 game, this is hey, the— Hey, hey oh. excuse me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I knew you were trying to get—because Double D's here. We had to get him situated. I already so. know Evan's going to say something so bad. All right. let it Lay it on us. I'm not going to say that— um, Charlotte is better than Atlanta, but I do think that there is a chance that the game could be close, mm-hmm. but I think that if we're looking at star versus star, um, Trey Young versus LaMelo Ball, I'd have to take Trey Young in this oh, one. I was about to say, I was like, there's yeah, no we way you're taking... situation if you're going to pick uh, LaMelo over, and I like LaMelo, like he's equally as good of a playmaker and a passer as Trey Young. So, you know, I like like I like Melo, but he's just not on Trey's level yet. I I do think Evan, what'd I, you tell me before the show? Uh I, I I don't know. You don't remember we were talking a little bit about I was I don't know if I said Lamella was better than No, uh, you, no, what'd you say about Trey Young? Um, oh, I don't I don't like him. I just What's not to he like? He thinks he's Why overrated. He thinks he's overrated. No. He has the stats. He just has not put up the wins. They made the West or the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Sure, you can say it was Mickey Mouse or whatever because, you know, they didn't have to whatever. They didn't have to go through. As I say, they didn't have to go through probably the team that should if they if they didn't lose to the eventual NBA champions, they would have been fine. So... Uh, I think that if if Atlanta had to face, I mean, they were in the opposite side of the bracket. If Atlanta had to face Brooklyn, I Brooklyn would have kicked the living daylights out of them. Per- Perhaps. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you had James Harden that was dealing with the hamstring injury. You had Kyrie Irving that was still, injured. Ke- so I think Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. It doesn't matter. Well, even Kyrie got hurt in the um, Kyrie Irving got hurt in the Milwaukee series. So if they win that Milwaukee series, 
that I I'm not going to say they're going to be they were going to win the NBA title, but I think they would have put up a they would have probably put up a fighting chance. I mean, at the end of the day, you you know, you can say sure they didn't have the toughest road or whatever, but you play who's in front of you, and that's what the Hawks did. And you know, they were able to make it to the the Western Conference fi- or I keep saying West, they're in the East, the Eastern Conference Finals. So. Get that Oklahoma City out of your head because I know that's why you keep saying the Western Conference Finals. See, that's the thing is I have a team in each conference. My favorite Eastern Conference team in the Hawks and my favorite Western Conference team is the Thunder. And, of course, Trey Young used to play at Oklahoma in college. So OKC, the Sooners, I'm getting it mixed up there. It's got to be I could never – I can't be a fan of two teams. I mean, well, I sort of with baseball, I'm more of a fan of the Yankees and then – also with the Blue Jays, which is weird because they're both in the same division. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I don't hate on teams besides the Red Sox. Those are the only ones that I do hate on. That's the only baseball team I really do hate on is the Red Sox. And maybe everybody else besides the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the AL East. But I'm not, like, one of those Yankee fans that'll go out and... Uh, spiel 27 rings because mm-hmm. I know that you tweeted out something double D uh, something that well well I'll get in we'll get into that later you know what I'm talking about with the the sweatshirt thing oh I might have seen this was it the uh, the bills one the, yeah with the, the death the, of a patriot yeah the death yeah. of a patriot one I, I was love thinking, it I was thinking about buying one of those. I couldn't find where to get it, but if I could find where to get it, I would most certainly it's buy like one of those. It's like in the comment section mm. on Twitter. It's there. Because I got a buddy that's a Patriots fan, and Double D, your tweet pretty much said it all. The amount of salt in the replies from oh the my Patriots God. fans. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. There's not I, – I mean, I don't really like to – you know, look Patriot at fans will just fans. start going after your character, and that's what I hate about Boston sports fans. Because I made it. Uh, so when we're talking about the digs, when he told fans to shut the f up, right. he literally like I and um, uh, the beat reporter for the Patriots. I can't think of his name off the top of my head for ESPN. Said like, what if they made it so like a uh, a part where fans if they. You know, if they're interacting with um, players that they'll, like, get in trouble or whatever or something like that, get fined. And I was just like, that's so dumb. They would never do that. And so I said, but I wouldn't want them to hurt those poor Patriot fans' feelings. And then then he actually said to me, he's like, those tickets are actually really expensive. And I, I regrettably kind of just buckled and was just like, you know... Hey, I I was just only being a little bit of a troll, and it's like I actually want to wear. And like people go from trolling to begging. I was like, "Bruh, shut up!" I hate Patriot fans with a burning passion, and that's why when I saw that, I wanted to just jump in because that's what Patriot fans basically are. It's like, show me the rings. I got six rings. You yeah, have yeah, no yeah, rings. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw a reply. You only had six rings because of one Thomas Brady. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I saw a reply in there. Someone just tweeted, like, a blank blue shirt, and it said, look, I found all the Bills Super Bowl rings. Right, and then course, someone replied, yeah. look, I found a shirt that has all the Patriots rings that are not from the greatest quarterback of all time, right, Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I mean, Patriots fans are just so self-centered. They don't realize what they had is so good. And now that they're in the era of they're going to go down in flames— and Belichick 
I, I think at this point with Kraft talking so much, Kraft doesn't talk this much, unless if it's for a good reason. Belichick might be on a hot seat. As a GM or as a coach, I, I don't say, know. Oh, as a GM, GM absolutely. absolutely, it's more Can't GM coach, than no. coach. Mm-mm. But it, it's it's just crazy to think that they're like, oh yeah, we're so much better, we're so great. And it's like you're on the downfall. You're about to be worse than Miami. You can't beat Miami. They they lost to them twice last year, and they're like, yeah, we're still the best. We we can still win. I know that's the thing that gets me the most. You win, what did they win? Like eight in a row, and then all of a sudden you think the dynasty is back, but no, I, they just I had know to go that... right back down to earth. No, we had to rem- let them know that you're not those guys. You're not those guys, pal. So, do you want to go with Double D on your on our on the picks for? Uh, with what we plane. were talking, yeah, for yep, the plane. I can get him up to speed, oh, and then the we can plane. finish that okay. in the second hour. I have, I have it up for my computer. Um, I mean, I have it up on my phone too. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, make your picks then, Double D. At least do oh, the geez. Western Conference, and then do the Hawks Hornets, and then we can finish up this segment in the uh, second hour. So, yeah. so Western Conference, okay? Yep. Uh. I'll do the Spurs beating the Pelicans. Yeah, that's uh, you're in agreement with all of us on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the Minnesota Wolves over the Clippers. <laughs> Interesting. I, I because I yes. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard led this team to eight, which no disrespect on Kawhi Leonard, he's a great player. He has one of the best moments in all time in uh, playoff history. But I think Carl Anthony Towns this year, I mean, he's just emerged. And I think he's just going to dominate that game. All right. So then that would give you in the uh, the winner of the 9-10, the loser 7-8 game to be the eighth seed. That would give you Spurs and Clippers. Who do you have winning that game to be the eighth seed to face Phoenix? Or no, it would be uh, Pelicans. No. Or no. Pelicans, yeah, since they're, they're, yeah, 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 since they're the yeah, tenth no. seed, they're out. Right. Yeah. So it's okay. Um Ooh, I'm gonna go Spurs. Wow. I, I think the the most winningest head coach in NBA history just pulls it off. All right. and he makes it. That's I, fair. And that's the thing about the playoffs is anything can happen. Now on the uh, Eastern Conference, this is how far we got, and then we'll send it to break. Hawks Hornets. What would be your pick for that game? Oh, I'm gonna go Hornets. Ah, oh. I'm going Charlotte. Mm. I I I don't like. Atlanta, and the only reason I don't like Atlanta, I like the Knicks. That's, like, the only basketball team that I kind of follow. Mm-hmm. And they, like, destroyed the Knicks last year, so I'd rather they yeah. just go out okay. and, you know, go home. All right, that's fair. I can respect that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will have on our guest, our Buffalo State Athletics guest for today's show. So stick around for that on the uh, second half of the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee.